This is episode 14. Number 14. Of Fried Squirms. Yes. And I'm Tyler. And I'm Danny. And I'm very pleased to be back with you all. Yeah, um, <laughs> this, this episode is a huge departure from our last several films we've done. Right, so normally we're, I mean, we're a horror movie podcast. Yeah, we are. Uh, we like to cover horror movies. We've just went through some pretty intense ones, really. Yeah, or the ones at least famous for being intense. Uh, now that I rewatched Hills Have Eyes again, like I pointed out, not that bad. No, 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 no. Considering yeah. would probably show. I mean, even even mature mature children. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think mature teenagers, like maybe even a little bit younger, but martyrs probably not. Probably not so much. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, that one is more like. I would suggest that the people I knew who were comfortable with other films within that genre. Right. And what was the other... Cannibal Holocaust? Was that the other thing we Yeah, covered? which, you know, I, I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, there's certain scenes that, yeah, I mean, it's it's not, not you know, something that you want to sit through all the time, but... It, it was Investigator for being a snuff film. Like, yeah. it's, it's bad enough. It's bad enough. But yeah, I saw that it was a good film overall, you know. Great film overall. Uh, I can't... I can't disagree with that one bit, to be honest. Likewise. This film, uh, we're probably pushing it a bit. But you know what? Like I mentioned at the end of last podcast, we're probably pushing it a bit. There's little to no actual horror elements in this movie. Here's here's (laughs) what I would would, um, try to defend this movie by saying that this movie is a parody of a horror it's movie. It's very much a parody of a horror right? movie. A horror so, movie that I love. Likewise. And it still has the main actress from The Exorcist in it, which they're they're spoofing. So, you know, I, I love this movie. I love this movie. I do too, and I'm and glad we, and we, we watched it and we're reviewing it right now. <laughs> but this week, The Fried Squirms bring to you... A comedy movie. Yes, it with is. Repossessed. Yes, from uh, 1990. So for I, some reason, I always thought it was it was made a little bit earlier than that. But no, that sounds. I mean, for for some of those films, like the the Naked Guns and this, and mm-hmm. you know, several others, I was like, yeah, that that sounds about right because I saw it when I was about, like, say about nine, ten years old. So it would have been around that time period. Yeah. See, I probably saw it for the first time when I was maybe like eight or so. Which means it would have still been out for like five years at that point. Okay. Uh, but it's still, like I said, it's it's within, you know, a decent amount of time. It went like. But that's because I was only like three when it came out. When it, anyway, so well, that's okay. I wasn't. That's your fault. I wasn't watching Leslie Nielsen films when I was three. When nah. I was eight, I was there. There you go. But speaking of which, this movie's been in my life for that long. I fucking love this movie. Dude. Yeah, this it's movie so is funny. great, man. When I looked up information on this movie. It's surprised to me that it was considered to be such a failure. Nah, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that one bit. This movie is hilarious, I think. And it's really funny because I saw a lot of the negative reviews were like, it's too slow and there's not enough jokes. And I'm like, they're they're firing like four or five jokes at you like every minute. Like, Yeah, I mean, <laughs> some people, you know, I, I will say whether this. Whether or not someone, like, even if 80% of the jokes in this movie fall flat, that means you're still getting a joke a minute. Well, precisely. It's like you don't have to get all the jokes, but you have to realize that, uh, like I said, they're, they're throwing a lot of content at you for, for giggles. You yeah, know? a lot. 
and some of them are just all at all at once. Some are silly, you know, but that's the that's kind of the point. That yeah, very much the point. Uh, I suppose, yeah. Let's let's geek out on this a little bit and just go straight into how this makes us squeal because we already have kind of been a little bit. Yeah, why not? Let's go for it. How does that make you squeal? Squeal, squeal. Yeah, so this movie makes me squeal in very, very humorous ways. I yeah, know. I mean, I giggled several times throughout this film because I, I was like, man, this is silly, but I, I think it's funny. No, I, like I said, this movie goes back a long time for me. Likewise. Uh, I I mean, it would occasionally like pop up like uh, on like Showtime and shit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So whenever it would, I'd stop and, and watch it from no matter where it was in the movie on through the end. Uh, every time I saw it, the same group of friends that introduced me to Brain Dead. Okay, makes sense. Dead Alive. Right. Were the ones that first introduced me to this, and I, I just kept it up ever since. Yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a great film. It's a, if you're not familiar with, say, uh, Leslie Nielsen, I think it's a good film to start off with, per, you know, per se. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you could not be familiar with Leslie Nielsen. No, I mean, like I said, we, we I mean, could like, talk about a lot of films. Point out, like, this is a Leslie Nielsen movie. Yeah, this it, it sure is. This isn't a Naked Gun. This isn't the one of those others. No, but, like, like I mean, he's been an airplane and other things like that. But this is definitely more and focused on this is on very much character. in those vein. In yeah. That, I mean, I, I guess I, for years and years, if... I would have said it would have been like the same the same team like Zucker Brothers or somebody behind it. I would have had no idea that it was was it Bob Logan. Yeah, Bob Logan wrote and uh, directed of this film. Meatballs Four fame. Meatballs Four. We were talking about this. Oh, Dennis Jesus. the Menace, the cartoon. He was a writer for that. Um, I think he's he just wrote like a, a Lego movie that's coming out. Like a, I think it's called like. Uh, Lego Ninjago or something like that. L- oh, Ninjago. Okay. Oh, he he did the the Ninjago. Yeah, Lego. Okay, so that's him. Uh, he did good Popples. for him. That's kind if, of a if people name. are old enough to remember the Popples. I mean, that movie is going to make <laughs> a lot of money just oh, yeah. because of the property that's attached. So good for him. He just made a good payday right there. Oh yeah, he's 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 for 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 what is all concerned considered, he's probably set the rest of his life because of that film right there. But uh, yeah, he's done some other stuff, man. M- most notably cartoons and like said, some other comedies, meatballs. But not for really it. anything. Nothing prominent. You I mean it's just like I said, it's something you've probably seen, but not really familiar with. And like, that might you know, explain why. Name. Look, I love this movie, but compared to those other comedies that are in this vein, like your airplanes and like so the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, yeah, naked guns and so on and so forth. Right. This one does have more jokes that fall flat than those. Or yeah, ones agree. that are more obvious than those. Yeah, like so this one is it, it is a lot more silly, I would I would say, than those other films. And I'm not trying to take too much away from it because no. uh, it's just that those cuz those other films are are hard competition to be up against. They're all legendary in their own right. Yeah. This one is more cultish in its own right. Yeah. I would say. Uh, partially because well not just we got Leslie Nielsen. Mm-hmm. We got Linda Blair. Linda Blair as well. Like I said, it, she's both in the movie that they're spoofing, The Exorcist, and she kind of reprises her role in this film a little bit. Yeah, uh, we uh, we went into into how much we both sort of love The Exorcist. Oh yes, definitely. We talked about uh, that several a couple episodes, episodes yeah. ago because of William Peter Blatty, mm-hmm. uh, because of his passing, unfortunately, but. I mean, just for a quick rehash, in case you didn't listen to those episodes, like, 
we're both huge Exorcist fans going way back. Yes. I actually saw this before The Exorcist, thanks to my story of how I wasn't allowed to watch The Exorcist, <laughs> because of that how my sense. dad thought it was the scariest movie in he had ever seen in his entire life. Yeah. So uh, I probably... I've been watching this movie for like five or six years before I ever saw the movie that it was actually spoofing. That That's a pretty interesting way of seeing the movie. Uh, without, like you said, without really knowing that they're spoofing it per se, when you're when you've first seen it. Well, I, I didn't. I realized what they were supposed to be spoofing, just because mm-hmm. Exorcist references are kind of in the pop culture. So, like, you would get yeah, like the sense. you would get like the the projectile vomiting references and other things and kind of the head sketches, spinning and stuff like that. Head yeah. spinning stuff, and because I couldn't watch it, I had read it, so I knew the basics. Okay, of the yeah, story well, that makes sense. But I mean, there's there's lots of references just to things that are like movie specific. This is co- I mean, this is a comedy sequel. It's not it's not Reagan. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's Nancy. Which that's a joke, right? Like yes, Nancy it is. Reagan. Yeah, they did that purposely. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, but when you go in, like, it's the same fucking house. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like that staircase and shit. Like I'm like fucking spider walk down that. Like I know this shit. Like yeah, you know what's going on. We know what's going on. But yeah, like I said, it's it's man, it's it's a funny film. It's a parody, like I said, a spoof of The Exorcist. Um, but like I said, they're I guess it's their way. Like I said, paying an homage to the movie, but making it funny. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I still think it's good, man. I thought oh, it was no, a good I film. Oh lo- no, I love it. Um, so like I said, I don't both... know how many of these we'll do per se. But I felt like this was a good time to do it. Well, I think there's at least one more that we're going to hit at some point. Oh, yeah. Because at, at some point we're going to have to come back and do Dracula Dead and Loving It. Because that's the other horror movie <laughs> spoof. That one's good too, dude. Of Leslie Nielsen's that I love. I, you know, I, I, I'll say this. Uh, growing up, seeing these type of films, like I said, The Naked Guns and Airplane. And like so just a bunch of different films that Leslie Nielsen was in. Like I said, this, this is a great film along with other things that he's done. Like I think he did a great job in this film. I do feel like I guess it makes sense that this movie came out in 90 because this yeah. movie does sort of feel like it's it's riding a weird line because I feel like the the type this type of parody comedy done earlier than 1990 is tends to be a lot more crude than this one is. I would agree. I now would this agree one has that. some nudity. Yeah, it does. Uh, I guess small warning. There's. No, I mean you know we always have disclaimers. Of, this of one, nudity. this one is actually a, a PG thirteen, so you get some content, some jokes that we had talked about, uh, you know, behind the film, behind the podcast. That you know, at a certain age, it kind of goes over your head. But going back and watching these now is like, oh damn, I didn't, I didn't realize it at the time what these jokes meant. Now I do. <laughs> but this time, this type of comedy earlier than this would have been a lot more crude uh, without a doubt yeah like i said these are more like I said kind of tongue-in-cheek but at the same time this co- type of comedy done later than this mm-hmm. would be a lot more tame i feel like like movies from like 92 through like 95 there was a lot of like shit that was kind of like toned down really family yeah, that's friendly that's that's a that's a time period where there were a lot of uh like i said family friend friendly movies and you know they and did this, follow a certain... and this movie kind of is very much riding the line, and I think part part of the genius and some of the bits that do stand out is that it's it's jokingly purposely being PG thirteen and very very much 
substituting in lines that are just fucking ridiculous. Oh yeah, I agree. Very much intentionally PG thirteen lines, and you're just yeah. like, oh my god. Like, you know, because I uh, see what they're doing. Thinking about that, you know, even back then when when my brother and myself had seen it, like so my uncle he used to rent a lot of movies for us, so. I think this is one that we watched all all three of us together. But uh, yeah, even back then I would giggle at it because it's it is silly, you mm-hmm. know. But uh, even even today, it's there's certain parts in it that made me you know snicker a little bit. So oh oh for sure, you know whatever. I I still enjoy it, but uh, I guess like I said, what makes us squeal about this film? Like technical, we talked about Bob Logan. Uh, he wrote and directed it. The produ- uh, production company is uh, Carolco. I think it's what it's called, pictures, whatnot. Uh, distributors are Seven Arts Pictures and New Line Cinemas, both uh, theatrical right. for the 1990 USA release. Um, didn't get a budget for this film. Uh, did get a gross, uh, but they made like $1.38 million, almost $1.4 million. So that's not bad. I mean, I wouldn't imagine this had a huge budget. I can't imagine that. Not for this film. No, uh, it doesn't doesn't really seem like it. Nah, I would say probably maybe low... <sighs> I don't know. I'd, I'd say that the most maybe two million, three if that. Yeah. I think that's a really like high, but I can't yeah. say it'd be more than that. But anywho, like I said, I think this is more of a one that you've either seen on VHS, more than likely, or I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure I've probably seen it on like. I don't remember seeing it in theaters. Let's put it that way. No, uh, I'm pretty sure. Other <laughs> than it on VHS, pretty sure, sure. Other than probably seeing it on Showtime. Well, I yeah, like seen, it came I on. I've cable. seen like a TV cut on like TBS or something back in the day too. Like, That's a good point. TBS played a lot of this stuff. And it would be HBO, easy to Showtime. do a TV cut because this movie isn't that long. No, it's not that I long. I really never isn't. realized that hour twenty. Yeah, it's an hour twenty. But actual watching, like. Because sometimes when you do those TV cuts, they'll do like the sped up credits and shit. Yeah, exactly. So maybe like, like 117, 116, 117. I mean, end credits plus like the opening credit sequence. Like they wouldn't speed up that opening credit sequence, but yeah. I mean, let's say if you just wanted to remove that and say what the movie actually yeah, is. Yeah, that's what you mean. Then you're looking at maybe like Jeez. our 12 minute movie. Yeah, say 15 to 12. 12 to 15 would make perfect sense. That's not a lot. No, it's really not. It kind of surprised me. <laughs> yeah, when I watched it too, and I was taking notes, I, was like, I looked down, and I was like, man, this movie's almost over for real. <laughs> like, oh, okay, sweet, <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah, it's like, it makes me, t- you know, taking these notes easier, but it's still, I still enjoy the film. But, uh, you know, think, like, so we were talking about the time period it came out. It came out on uh, September 14th, 19, 1990, here in the States. Yeah, so that's pretty much like I said your kind of technical side of it. Uh, but getting into the cast, we already talked about Linda Blair. About say, she plays Nancy Aglet, which I think it's funny because they even mentioned a little bit later on, maybe a little bit earlier on in the film. What, what the, an Aglet is! Yeah, and I thought yeah. it was kind of funny. Leslie Nielsen, who we talked about, he plays uh, Father Jedediah Ma- uh, Mayai. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> that that's funny. one of the things. This movie, there's always been two fake names, mm-hmm. funny, intentionally funny fake names that have stood out to me in all cinema. I think I think a lot of people, they they can always think of shit like uh, Pussy Galore and James well, of course, Bond yes. and stuff. Odd Job even is pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's yeah. always been two that stood out to me that I, I absolutely love. Father May I is hilarious. Yes, it is. That's funny. I, ever since I was little, like, uh, Father May, May I. Yes. Uh, <laughs> And they play with that, of course, throughout the movie. Right. And, and that is the, funny. And the other one um, is an also kind of a parody movie, 
Murder by Death from 1976, where the the butler, played by, oh God, what's his name? Fucking, oh, Sir Alec Guinness. Okay. Good old Obi-Wan Kenobi himself. Yep. His sir is James Sir Benson Mum. <laughs> Benson Mum. That's pretty funny. Which leads to some fun interactions when he's a butler. Well, of course. Entertaining yeah. guests. Anyway, uh, just a little aside. I just, no, that's pretty I, funny. I, this the name has always just made me giggle like a uh, father, father may, may I. I yeah it is pretty i mean it's funny it's yeah uh we've got uh, ned Beatty's actually in this and not I me mean, he doesn't play like a lot of scenes but he plays you know a, a decent pretty amount pretty prominent scene i'd say especially yeah. towards the end yeah i mean he, when it comes down to it he he does have some of the more significant scenes but like i said anywho he yeah he plays ernest weller and i don't know if i should say what his his persona is in the film no i th- i think no, that's fine. Uh, he's a, a televangelist, basically. Because I mean, this is a parody. Yeah, they're movie. they're kind of his character he's not just spoofs any televangelist. No, his his, his character spoofs kind of like Jim Baker. Yeah, and uh, the woman that plays alongside with him is uh, Lana Schwab. Lana Schwab. She plays Fanny Ray Weller, who's more like Tammy, Tammy Faye, Faye Baker. Baker. Yeah, so you get them parodying these televangelists, which okay. I think is funny. So here's a weird warning, I guess, <laughs> right? but. You're probably, unless you're familiar with some early 90s, late 80s oh, pop yes, culture, yes, yes. you're probably not going to get some of the jokes in this movie. I would agree with that. Because if you're not familiar with who the, those people are, then you're not definitely not going to get these jokes. Maybe a little bit if you're familiar Maybe with televangelism. Maybe a little bit, just, yeah, just because you would understand them as being a caricature of televangelists themselves yeah, exactly. at that point. But, I mean, these are based off of particular televangelist yeah and i think they did a pretty funny job of spoofing it you know uh especially her character oh definitely oh my god she does a good so, job man she's funny she does a really good job he does a great job too though yeah ned Beatty, and ned Beatty's more makes me think about deliverance right when i think of ned Beatty. yeah so you know if if you're familiar with that film then you know who ned Beatty is yeah that ooh. God, I hadn't thought about that movie in a bit. Yeah. I actually watched that movie for the first time with the same friends that introduced me to this. You strangely. know, so talking about my talking about that film really quick is that that the writer of that book, that, you know, got turned mm-hmm. into the film, uh, is from my home state of South Carolina. Oh, so cool. there you go. Yeah, Ned Beatty, he's in this. Like I said, he plays a televangelist. Uh, Ernest Weller just talked about uh, Lana Schwab plays uh, Fanny Ray Weller. Uh, then you have um, Father Luke Brophy. Played Anthony, by Stark. Anthony Stark. Yeah, Anthony Stark. He does a good job, man. I thought he for what for the part, man. He does mm-hmm. a good job. <laughs> He's funny. Uh, Tom Sharp plays the husband of uh, Linda Blair's character, uh, Braden Aglet. Right. I put the mother of Nancy. She's only in it for like a, a short clip. She got a credit. Okay. Uh, Jacqueline Mash. I think the kids. Uh, ben Thal played Ned Aglet and. Uh, Dove Delos, uh, she played Frida Aglet. So those were the two kids in the film. So those were kind of like your, with with maybe the exclusion of the mother, more of your central characters. Yeah, I think uh, there's just two more. Uh, we might as well mention them now rather than later on. Okay, two yeah. other big names. Oh yeah, that yeah, pop yeah. Up yeah, yeah. In I'm this right. movie, exactly. big names. No, they especially, are. Especially, uh, I think with uh, pop with culture, our, yeah, with our childhoods. Yeah, especially, yeah, especially ours. Jesse Ventura. Jesse the Body Ventura. Yes, Jesse the Body Ventura, because he still had that character. He still had. And, and Mean Gene Oakland. Yeah. So those are, you know, if you're familiar with wrestling pop culture and from the 80s and 90s, you're familiar with these two guys. Dude, we used to have a Mean Gene's Burgers here in town. No kidding. Yeah, dude. 
Damn, I only got cool. to eat there once. Like <laughs> that's one I, more I time than I got to, get to there. eat there. <laughs> it was before I lived here in town. It was when I was like younger. It was over on on the main drag, on reserve, and I could never get my folks to stop there, because like I was sort of at their whim, being you know, fucking kid. Well, yeah, 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 I know what you mean. Finally, 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 we stopped there. Get to eat there. Got my School. got my meal mean sized. There course. you go. Yeah, man. Uh, I remember it being pretty good. Nothing, nothing exceptional, but I definitely wanted to eat there again. Yeah. And then it fucking shut down like a month later. Oh, it's usually how those things work out, unfortunately, God man. Damn it. Yeah. Well, you pretty know. good sandwich shop went in there for a bit. I don't know what's there now. But Haven't here's the thing, though. At least you got to experience it. That's true. You know. That's true. Made me happy. Yeah. Like I said, seeing these guys appear in this movie. Like, yes. I had kind of forgotten about that. Yeah. That made me happy. No, I mean, like I said, it's definitely even you know even more relevant today. We're talking about playing video games, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, anywho, they make a nice guest appearance in this film, which Doing we'll some talk about. Yeah, which we'll talk about here in a little while. Uh, but like I said, once again, I do like taglines. This film has a tagline: "The devil's back, but he's never dealt with an exorcist like this." So. Okay. Yeah, so that kind of gives you... I feel like they could have come up with a little bit eh. snappier of a tagline, but yeah, not but, you bad, know, not It's a comedy, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you have it. But uh, yeah, like I said, this is, uh, this is a film that is like, really lighthearted. It's funny. Uh, if you've seen The Exorcist, you'll get the, you know, the spoof. You'll get some of the pop culture references. Yeah, uh, I did kind of mean period. to watch them back to back, but then I woke up a lot later this morning. Yeah, no worries. Meant to. So, but you know, I, I'd say maybe we give a disclaimer before we get into our, you know, right. So there's a little bit of nudity. Yeah, there's there's some brief nudity. There's some suggestive jokes. Not know. many though. Nah, uh, very mild, tame. Uh, maybe, like I said, I think for kids of a certain age, if they see this film, they wouldn't get the jokes because. I was thinking back then, there's no way I would have got those jokes. No, even at no that way age. I got a couple of them. Nah. Uh, but, you know, listening to them now, I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> but, you know, outside of that, maybe, like, I don't know, man. If you're I not, mean, like I said, like... If, I would I, say this. I would you say You might this. not like it because if you don't know some of the, the cultural references from that time period, maybe uh, that definitely half sense. of the jokes might fly by. Mm, maybe not that many. Maybe a quarter of the jokes will fly by. The other, the only other thing I would say that you might not be comfortable with, is if you lean toward a certain faith. Maybe. Well, here's the, that's the funny thing that I was going to bring up. Yeah. I was raised Catholic. Yeah. And I was heavy in the church at that point. I I found this film hilarious. Yeah. I mean, like I said, likewise, I grew up. Uh, you know, like I said, kind of in and out of different churches. You know, different denominations, but. Even then, like I said, I you know this is tame compared to what some of the stuff I was already watching. But you know, not maybe not so much other people within yeah. that. You know, it not picking a little on bit them. of fun at it. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it touches on certain subjects that might be a little touchy to, to certain people. You know, I mean, I'd say really the televangelists get the short end of the stick. But. Well, yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, like I said, if uh, if if you're not comfortable with with people poking a little little fun, having a little humility with you know. Mm-hmm. With with faith based stuff, uh, then you probably you might not like this movie. Yeah, no, I think that's about it though. Really, yeah. it's, it's pretty, other than that, like I said, it's if, pretty tame if, throughout. And... If you want to watch like a, a movie that's not as maybe not as seriously as funny as like say maybe like the scary movie series or stuff like that, but if you like movies like The Naked Gun and mm-hmm. you like said Dracula and all that, are they you know, dead loving it and. You know stuff like that, then you'll then sit back and watch one that's kind of in this realm, 
Uh, just a little bit sillier. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you, if you just want to watch a silly movie and laugh, check this film out, man. Exactly. Um, and I think with that, we will probably just get really, guts. just get really deep into the guts and balls. We're going to go guts deep in this one. Guts deep. Guts and bolts. All right, so we're doing number 14, our 14th episode, Repossessed. Into the guts and bolts. Yeah, man. Now, I feel like I feel like this might be another good one, much in the vein of Dead Alive, mm-hmm. to sort of just give a bare bones. Because to be yeah. honest, you don't have most to give of a this lot of movie exists just to set up the next joke. Basically, yeah. The actual story is pretty simple, and we can probably boil through it very quickly i can agree uh and i i think it'd be kind of fun to just sort of to give the bare bones of what this story is about and then maybe then maybe hit upon our favorite little jokes or sequences or this and that okay yeah i'll go with that man uh if you don't mind i think it'd be another because otherwise like i mean i just feel like like we said like this is one of those movies where they're they're throwing like four or five jokes at you it is really quick it's like bam 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 and they're just seeing which ones which ones stick, which ones land. Yeah. And it's not a bad approach. I mean, nah. that's the exact same thing that Deadpool does, people, by the way. Yeah. If it, you enjoyed Deadpool, they took the same approach, except they're more firing, like, 20 jokes at you a minute. Yeah. And they, and they, they for the, I guess the duration of the film, you kind of have to. That's true. This tiny flick. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I... It's a studio flick. Yeah. Uh, it just seemed seemed strange. Like uh, it never, it always seemed longer. I guess, yeah, yeah. not in a bad way. No, no. I was I was anticipating an like way. an hour and a half. Yeah, I was anticipating at least an hour. Not and that a hour half. twenty is long. Not I mean, an hour like, twenty. Yeah, but I mean, ten minutes it, is a bit of a difference. It does make a difference when, like, say, when you're viewing it and when you're writing notes and stuff like that. The way we view it, you know. And then. I'm not necessarily sitting there throughout all the credits either, so that hour twenty is hour sixteen. Yeah, tops, man. And I'm kind of, for the most part, zoning out even during that opening credit sequence. Yeah, I say if you're doing like like serious watching, I say maybe like an hour and a a few odd minutes. Okay. Yeah, it's awesome. You know. Uh, So, this movie spoofs Exorcist. Yeah. So the whole premise is. Um, <clears throat> Linda Blair, who plays the the Nancy character, Nancy Aglet, was possessed as a kid. Yeah, and Leslie Nielsen's character, the father, <laughs> he performed the exorcism way back when, right? So mm-hmm. that's the whole thing. He uh, he apparently, you know, got her exorcised from the demon or the devil, and they both barely survived. But yes. they survived. They survived. But he ended up with kind of a permanent chronic heart problem. Yeah, he did. And, and part, getting uh, part of the reason why is because. He maybe not had, like, you know, completely got rid of the devil. He just got rid of it temporarily, maybe. Right. So that's kind of the premise. So anywho, this all happened in 1973. We fast forward 17 years later, 1990, the current time of this film. And uh, we kind of catch up to where Nancy is. 73, of course, being when The Exorcist came out. Exactly. Just, Just in case nobody caught that. Yeah, so, you know, there's some relevance here. Like I said, fam- Nancy now has a family, husband, two kids. Um, they wound up watching television is the whole thing, point behind it. She gets repossessed by the devil watching televangelist Ned Beatty. And- I was about to say, I think it's the, the best thing in the world that it's the televangelist talking about the devil on yeah. TV that 
causes the, the devil to come out through the TV and gets her and get her again. Yeah, so she becomes uh, possessed. I think one of the funniest lines about the whole point is her son in the film. He his his whole thing is he thinks his mom's going through PMS. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they're constantly ramming that joke. Oh home. man, so uh, yeah. I, I think, think that's a funny moment. You know, a little I bit. Know, I know a couple gals that might be pissed at uh, how often they ram that joke home, but uh, it's a uh, it's a '90s joke, so it's, it's not completely yeah. correct. I'm not too worried about it. It's it's kind of funny, especially because I mean, seriously, it's coming from like the eight year old boy. Like, yeah, I mean, it's supposed to, like I said, it's supposed to be kind of sticky, a little sloppy, whatever. But uh, he makes conversation about it because he, you know, he doesn't think that his mom's being possessed by the freaking devil. Anywho, um, yeah, no, it's. Great. Yeah. So I guess long she story goes short, seeking help. Yeah, she's, she's like she's been possessed. She knows what it's like. Yeah. So she goes. She does. She secretly looks out help. She winds up going to a particular church. Right inside, there's a father, a young father Brophy, father Brophy, young guy. Uh, he's giving a mumbling sermon. Right, and his whole point is like just be nice to each other. You know, um, she winds up leaving a card and the donation plate that has your name on it. Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Uh, uh, I guess one of the, uh, the the people who was working the collection plate, the, you know, they're like, uh, we found this letter, had your name on it. Yeah. Uh, it's from, you know, this Nancy, I guess, maybe, or something like that. He reads the note. I guess it kind of speeds him up that she's maybe per, perhaps repossessed or possessed by the devil again. Yeah, they end up meeting. Yeah, I mean, I think she basically, you know, like, so she tells He's not her, convinced at first, though. He's kind of in the midst of losing his faith anyway. Uh he goes to consult Father May I and try to get him to do it. Uh, May I, though, is like, no, uh, guess what? I'm not going to because I'm old. I got yeah. a bad ticker. This yeah, and that. he has heart problems. Yeah, I've got heart problems. It almost killed us the last time. You're young. You can do it. Whatever. I believe in you. Go get it done. Yeah. Use the faith. Luke. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess kind of like the premise up to like her wanting to do that. She went to doctors, and, then, oh, and they right. were all stumped. And they were all stumped. Yeah, that was kind of a spoof, too, they were doing. Mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, like I said, she she got checked out. She, they don't know what's going on. She seeked spiritual advice. Met May is not going to yeah. do it. May, yeah, exactly. He, he has a heart condition, so there's no way he can do it. So Brophy's going to do it. So right. Brophy takes it to the Council of the Exorcists or whatever. Yeah, and they're they're doing this weird interfaith thing, so they bring in these Protestant televangelists as part of the council. Yeah, and it's the is Bakers. It, I mean, yeah, exactly. Though, is it the Wellers? I think Ernest so. Weller and Fanny. God damn it! I don't know. It's Fanny a, Ray it's, or something like that. It, <laughs> Fanny Ray. It's Tammy Faye Baker. We all know. We know. But yeah, the whole point is they want to uh, televise. The exorcism on television, right? Mm-hmm. So the and reason then they being go negotiate their own contract, exactly. which gives them the huge part of the payout. Yeah. So, like I said, that's the whole point that they're in this film is they want to televise this and make it a marketing thing for them, you know, line their pockets. Um, and they don't actually believe she's possessed. No, not no. They think it's a, like an act, so they're going to profit off of it. Just play along. Like I said, we have. Uh, yeah, Brophy, who's like I said, he's struggling with his faith. He perhaps might be the one who's going to have to perform the exorcism. You know, like I said, he had a city council, the Supreme Council. But he's, I mean, he's going to give it a shot because he knows something needs to be done. Yeah. Unlike them, like he at least believes enough to the point where he's like, well, 
no, something something's wrong with this chick, and if Mayai's not going to do it, then I guess it's me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, what's funny, too, is, like, uh, I think he he eventually winds up meeting with, uh, like I said, the father, uh, Mayai, at the retirement home and whatnot, and uh, he's running... The old exorcist retirement home Yeah, home for, or for actors like and stuff like yeah. that, uh, for actors and exorcisms. But uh, I guess he like he's he's running up to the to the steps and inside, and mm-hmm. he gets called over by the nun, and she's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. He's no running inside, and <laughs> she's like, "No running inside." Slaps him across the hand. My gosh, man! I, across the hand. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "No running," and then you know she answers his question, and he starts to hightail up the stairs. Like, yeah. no, 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 stop! Come there. Wham! Gets hit again. Well, you know, it's like I said, it's like stuff like that. It's kind of silly. I thought it was funny. No, it's great. You know? Oh my god, so good all the way through. But eventually, he meets up with uh, Father Mayai in his uh, his little apartment room. And uh, anyhow, long story short, I guess they're, he's catching up to speed what's going on with Nancy. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, he's still kind of reluctant. I think he, what he wants to do is just kind of kind of beef up the Father Brophy to do it. You know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like he he starts getting in shape for it, but he. He keeps saying till a later part that he's not going to do it. At what point does he start getting in shape for it? Like, cause he he has like two or three montages throughout this movie. Yeah, like so I think it's right after um, Brophy meets up with the Supreme Council, and like so then they meet up with uh, the t- you know uh, Ned Beatty's character, the televangelist and whatnot, and then uh, he starts to meet up with him. And I think he it's maybe for his supposedly for his heart condition he starts to right. beef up, but yeah, he winds up going to the gym. Oh yeah, that's yeah. You have a you have a big sequence in the gym. That's when he's trying to convince him, right? When Brophy's trying to partially try to convince him, and yeah. he's just like, "No, I'm not going to do it," and it ends in his place. Or it's kind of weird. Like so how, I don't know. Most of most of their it. conversations kind of have the same ring to them for the most part. Yeah, it it is kind of like I said. It is kind of a a weird progression. But anywho, yeah. The whole point is that he's trying to get in shape, perhaps for the exorcism as well. Even though he he doesn't really uh, he doesn't like the idea of it being on television. No, at all. Uh, no, not one bit. But Brophy keeps keeping him updated and shit, and it finally gets up to the time of the the exorcism. Yeah, and so uh, so all the way like I said, leading up to this point, like I said, it's just basically they're getting ready for the exorcism. So we have the premiere of uh, the exorcism live exorcism presented by Ernest Weller and uh, Fanny Ray. <laughs> Weller, right? So they roll out the red carpet, and the first person they introduce is Sean Penn. <laughs> Amazing! Like, you just see like, reporters start yeah, flying. Beat up. <laughs> it's pretty funny, man. So you, you have to you have to know the relevance of that That's time period. That's the first thing I ever knew about Sean Penn. I didn't even know he was an actor. I just saw the headlines of him punching reporters. Yeah. So is what happened during that time period, you know? But they eventually arrive, right? She, I think she arrives with like a new, new pet, a new pet because before. the one before was like a little poodle or some shit. She has Shih Tzu, mm-hmm. and uh, she shows up with a kitty. She got a, she got a new kitty now, mm-hmm. but we find out she has like a closet full of animals that she can yeah. choose from. It's kind of funny, <laughs> but yeah, they show up for the premiere, right? oh, it's and then this... it starts basically. Oh it's in studio, live studio audience, plus everybody who's tuned in to watch it, and they tell everybody and to go watch it. It's a little it. bit more like a telethon. Exactly. Uh, do telethons even exist anymore? Ooh, maybe. Maybe. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Jerry. Jerry's oh yeah, kids? but does he? I don't know, man. I think he got. I think he got ousted from it. I think they just still use his name. 
I have no idea. I don't know Maybe. either. Maybe that might be one of the only ones that I can think of, though. But if you're familiar with telethons, that's kind of how it's being run. And you got a yeah. bunch of people calling in and pledging money and pledging money and they're doing like all kinds of different they're bringing all kinds of different guests on guests and acts and just terrible <laughs> <weird>. acts including <laughs> fanny they're Ray. making a spectacle of it more than anything it's not really about the exorcism per se it's, it's just show. making the hoopla of it it's a show that keeps money. calling on and and manipulating their their believers their followers yeah and the whole time too while this is going on father may is back at his retirement home and he's blind he's kind of like blindfolding himself he puts pillowcases over his head he doesn't want to watch it even though he's got it to, he's tuned into which is you know mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever eventually we find out that this is the largest audience in television history right yeah they get word that there's all these viewers now yeah and then the devil's like cool yep my turn. Plagia. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the devil who possesses Nancy flips the script, right? Uh, starts to shoot flames out, and everybody starts to freak out in studio, right? Including the uh, the special effects guys. They all run out. Eventually, I guess, like I said, she starts to turn the page, and this is when, um, I think this is when Brophy, he starts to, uh, he, I think he starts to get, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Father Mayai involved. Right. right, yeah, he calls out, well, God, how, how does he get Mayai? I can't remember how he gets Mayai involved. But I just oh, well, know that. She, I think she calls him out. She calls him out kind of like a, a wrestling match style, right? She uh, Because, you know, she's possessed. Oh, well, she does the little... Brophy interrupts her program by cutting out the feed. And then they have a chase of sorts. And he gets the call out to a bunch of religious leaders. And they all yep, show yep, up. Yep, yep, yep. And she she has some satanic magic where she's yeah, standing right. on the satellite dish. Yeah, she and does. It's she, just she, she be opens able like, to... like like the portal for other demons or whatever to possess. Apparently, the, all the viewers, the mind brain. Right. She's like, the, I'll, I'll be able to get my viewers. message out anyway. It'll be a yeah. little bit different, but I can do it. He stops her with, uh... and he's <laughs> like, eh, "You're not able to stop Mayai, though." Like, yeah, this or that, and basically. I mean, it's, it's kind of like the Marty McFly, that, like, calling him fucking... A chicken. A chicken. Yellow. Yeah, it's the same sort of thing. Like, bringing up Mayai to the devil, since Mayai's already beat the devil once. Like, yeah, exactly. It sets the devil off, and devil's like, whatever, like, fine, whatever, I'll beat Mayai first, and then I'll come back and do this shit. Yeah, and, and this so is... And so then the devil goes back on TV and calls Mayai out. Yeah, and like I say, it's kind of, uh, it's televised, like, if you're familiar with the, the 80s and 90s wrestling, WWF, WWE now... And maybe WCW and places I hate like that. that. It's the WWE now. Yeah, it's, God, whatever. Damn it! I know it's been like that for like over a decade now too. But I think, still, it's but... weird. I know what you mean. Anyway, sorry. Uh, but this is where we get me, Gene Oakland, and uh, Jesse the Body Ventura providing color commentary. They give the color commentary, so they're kind of hyping it up. You know, like I said, it's it's a showdown between uh, the repossessed. May I has Nancy. another small little. He has a montage. Montage, and it gets down to the studio. And starts his exorcism. I think the funny part about maybe that montage is at, towards the end of it, he, get, he has that uh, Rambo thermos, like that lunch pail. Oh, right. <laughs> so good. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, so anywho, like I said, Brophy and, and Father May, they team up. I think he, uh, Father May is kind of, he's trying to prep, I think, uh, Father Brophy up for all of the devil's lies. Like he's going to try to Dude. throw at him. Mm-hmm. You know, and he still gets kind of, he gets spooked. 
but you're right. He gives them eventually when they're back in the studio. He gives them his, his thermos. He puts on his, you know, his little robe, and he has an Avion holy right, water. Like <laughs> church was locked, Seven Eleven was open. Yeah, so he holy has water. he has a bottle of holy water. They have a little spoofy moment of splashing of water and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Basically, the exorcism goes down. It's a long drawn out. Uh, comically absurd affair. Yeah, some body switching involved, and exactly. So yeah, like I said, it, you have a whole repossession of everybody: Father Brophy, Father May I, all the way back to uh, Nancy Aglet again. And yeah, at the end, they're like, I don't know how we're gonna do it. We've tried everything, prayer, something, right? Everything the devil hates: sex, drugs, and rock and roll. They're, they're like, like, hold on, boy, we haven't tried rock and roll. Yep. And I was like, I hate rock and roll. Yeah, the devil happens to hate. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, the devil the happens to hate rock but and roll. But anyway, no, yeah. it's great though. So then there's uh, a performance of all the heads of these religions uh, performing "Devil with Blue Dress" on. Which is funny because they go through all these different. Um, well, at least Leslie Nielsen, he goes through all these different um, musical personas. musical personas like these pop icons during that time period. So one of them is Robert Palmer. Uh, you know, like, uh, and then it goes over. I, wait, who, There's a Billy I Idol of one. You know, yeah, it goes from Robert Palmer, Elton John, Michael Jackson. Um, he ends on the Michael Jackson. Yeah, which is funny, man. But he, yeah, he goes through like so good, good progression of them all. The I noticed that the Billy Idol one, uh, it's really hard to make out, but the very top part of like the the studs and fucking bedazzling, basically. Right. It spells out. Rio Jordan. <laughs> That's pretty funny. For the River Jordan. Yeah. Priest. Good old biblical references of course, and shit. Yeah, there it's pretty go. funny. And you can only you can only barely make it out in like three of the frames, but yeah. It does. It's Rio Jordan. I thought that was pretty fucking funny. But yeah, he even And goes, that actually successfully exercises the devil. It does. You know, and like I said, he even has a little montage of, of going through all like these different different interfaith religions too. Like yeah. where, you know, he changes like to a rabbi at one oh, sequence. That's true. He changes to like an imam. He changes to like all kinds of different things, right? He would like a, uh, a sister. He would change into a nun. Yeah, throwing <laughs> some music. Uh, so yeah, you have like all these different a medicine silly. man. Yeah, it's pretty funny, man. Groucho Marx, I think, didn't Groucho he? Groucho Marx and Stallone. He wound up changing the Stallone as Rambo. Yeah, I thought it was funny. That no, that was good. Uh, yeah, so like you're right though. Like at the end, the rock and roll finally did in the devil. Uh, maybe. Perhaps. Devil says I'll be back. Yeah. And they all have that, oh, oh shit. shit. Yeah. Which was kind of like their little sticky catchphrase, maybe, mm-hmm. in the film. And then there's one last scene in the in the school finishing off with some more projectile. Split P. Split P. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you got to think, too. Like, the whole time, a little bit, too, is um, Leslie Nielsen, you know, he plays father, may I. He's kind of narrating it, too, like, to a classroom. So you had to take that into effect too. So like, he's kind of narrating the story through his perspective on what happened. Then he finally brings in Nancy. Mm-hmm. They said they had that split P moment on the nerd, and then that's basically it. Yeah, I, I realize we never did set up that part, but nah, but it's okay. Okay, so now here's the thing. So we'll look at this now. I'll, I'll even go first, so I can give you time to maybe look through your notes a little bit. Maybe no, okay. what you wrote down. Go ahead. Shit. I'm thinking maybe because here's the weird thing. Like so. I watched it the first time, purposely right. not taking notes. Yeah, likewise, kinda, I did the same thing. And kind of had the realization almost 
same like dead alive sort of realization like if i wrote down everything that's happening yeah they're does. throwing four or five jokes at me a minute there's a lot to cover as far as like there's too much to cover joke. so i'm going to only write down the jokes that i like yeah and, I and then that. i'm going to try to pick out from those right. the ones that i like the best i like that yeah so maybe maybe it's our top top three or four little jokey moments okay i like that throughout and then just any other sequences or anything that really have always stuck out to you for any reason. Okay. You want to go first? Uh, yeah, I mean, because right. I'm, I got I'm a, sort of springing this on you, that's so okay. I figure I can... Oh, yeah, guys, I can, I can jump right, right off with you. So that's yeah, fine. and I, I mean, I might even end up uh, picking out a little bit more. Because here's the fucked up thing, like writing down only the jokes I liked. Yeah. Like only the ones that made me giggle a little bit out loud. <laughs> All right. None of the others. Okay. I still ended up taking just as many notes as I do for any of the other movies. Yeah, like I so said, this, this movie, that, I mean, typically for other movies I write notes for a lot longer. This movie, for me, it didn't, I, you know, I try to paraphrase a lot of the, the, the sections going on. Because there is a lot of stuff going on in this film. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, so possibly my favorite little joke in the entire movie. Okay. Maybe not. It's okay. I have a couple of them marked pretty high. All right. But one of them, when they're in the gym, on the stationary bikes. Okay. First off, there's a lot of shit that, that's going on that's jokey at that oh, point. Oh, yeah. In the but gym, especially. But my favorite thing is there's uh, Father Brophy, Father May I, and then the next one in the line of stationary bikes is a paper boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throwing out his newspapers. Yeah, he winds up smacking somebody. Father in the face. May I is wearing like a <laughs> racing helmet. Yeah. Oh, it's so fantastic. That's a, I love that the paperboy, but it's just compounded by the fact that May I is wearing the racing helmet and then at the end takes off. Yeah. And on the, the paperboy whacks Brophy off of the stationary <laughs> bike with a newspaper. That is a funny moment. That whole gym montage sequence is pretty funny fucking love that that is good man that's a good one when brophy goes and is trying to convince may i in his apartment or right. or in the old folks home i guess yeah yeah uh, retirement home whatever to to do the exorcism and shit you know they go through the sequence there's jokes and shit all throughout there but <laughs> at the very end of it as brophy leaves the news is on the TV set, and the news reporter says, "Father May I has wormed his way out of another exorcism." <laughs> yeah. And May I walks over to it and bumps the TV set on the top like... with uh, with the broom, and ceiling tiles inside the studio fall. It is funny, man. It's fucking great. I've always yeah. Loved that, that that's it's that is a really interesting uh, like said clip too because they had to time that right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ah, that's really that's creative too. That's a funny scene. But I do remember that scene too. What else do I have here? <laughs> this is it's really fucking stupid, but I <laughs> love right. I love it to death. Uh, at the the sort of chase scene mm -hmm. towards the end on like the security carts, as they bust through the fruit stand, the sign on the fruit stand mm -hmm. says "traditional fruit stand stunt." Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, traditional fruit stand stunt. Traditional fruit stand stunt as they bust through it. I fucking love that. Like it, it's yeah. so stupid and so, but just so meta and like, yep, yeah, here you go. Like this is a, this is an action sequence. You know what they're gonna do. Like this yeah. is a chase scene. Like it's. I mean, it, this movie is like say it has it has a really good funny scenes in it. 
I mean, I can keep going too. Like I have other shit marked, but anything, yeah. anything for you. I think, like, said maybe jump out. Um, some some of the stuff the kids do, I thought was kind okay. of funny. Like even in the beginning of the film, they're kind of watching like this hockey, maybe like this oh, little match. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, oh god, I almost wrote this down. Well, I wrote it down, but I almost started. It to yeah, sure isn't it like some kind of like charity group or something like that? They're they're like basically getting in a brawl. And then it, they flip the it channel. It looks like it's like the mascots or something versus yeah, it's weird, man. versus like their NHL team and they're it, beating the shit out of them. Yeah, and like the kids are sitting there on the couch watching it. They flip the channel and then it's like the uh, Bride's Head Revisited. Yeah, Bride's Head Revisited. And this guy comes into like a just a woman's head on a on a table. You know, and I'm like, holy cow, this is kind of you know, it's interesting. And then they flip through the other channels later on that evening. That's when they land on the televangelism stuff. I'm like, this is wild, man. And the kids already start complaining, like, we don't want to watch this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And then she winds up getting possessed because yeah, she's trying to change the channel. Kids. Yeah. And then that's how it all that's Well, how I guess she was trying to change it, but. Yeah, but even like I said, some, all that stuff when she was going through that uh, that possession, her, her son in the movie, he kept, he kept like, explaining everything she was doing through her, her menstrual cycle. Yeah. Yeah, all, all the time. Yeah, I'm like, man, uh, this is good, man. Uh, so that's, I mean, that was one. I, I do like some of the gym stuff, like I said. Um, you know, it's not really PC, but they used that one guy in there to play, like, you know, like I said, the homosexual character. Oh, yeah. But he was there intentionally through all these, like, certain, you know, particular scenes. Which, I, you know, it's slapsticky. It's probably like, you know. Like, I'm looking for a man. Get your own. Yeah. This one's mine. <laughs> You know, they, Check, they, please. the trader he just so happens to stumble over while he's kind of doing those leg spreads. <laughs> you know, I like some of this stuff is is it's silly, it's it's schlocky. Uh, it kind of reminded me of um, like Porky's and stuff like that. Some of those kind of you know schlocky scenes. He's going into the women's dressing room and stuff like that. Yeah, um, there was something. Brophy's pretty funny too, man. I think he has some funny scenes. There was there was even just some really funny things sort of in the background at times, like. Uh, you maybe only see it for five seconds or so, but when when Linda Blair is going and seeking help, either from the doctors or from Brophy for the first time, I right, can't remember right. which, but they show her getting her out of her car. Yeah. And the license plate reads 666, babe. Yeah, <laughs> 666, babe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. You know, even like when she does eventually go uh, to the church, you see the like, long line of sinners and I say you have like an express lane There's for sinners, eight sins or less. Yeah, you know stuff like that. And then you see kind of like you know women of the night, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And I even think that's like maybe the uh, the name of the church. Like it's our Our Lady it's of our the Lady Night. It's Our Lady of the Evening. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, it's Our Lady of the Evening. Uh, over eighty billion blessed, and it has a single arch, making it, of course, the McDonald's joke. And yeah. So, you know, there's there's stuff like that, man, that I, I thought was kind of funny. Even, like, we talked about maybe uh, beforehand, too. There's, like, she winds up giving Brophy a little head of um, Father uh, May I. Oh, that's so good. And he brings it up. Doesn't he bring it up to the execs or something yeah, like that? Yeah, the old Satan's like, that. Here's, a, here's a souvenir from the last thing. And, like, hawks up, like, this little Father May I head, which he comments. He's like, I don't think it looks like me. Yeah. Like, completely, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, breaking exactly. forth wall and shit. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, and later on, when he's when he's making the case for why the exorcism needs to happen, he's like, well, also, Mrs. Aglet gave me a little head. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, <gasps> they all gasp, right? <laughs> and then he, sh- he shows them the little head of Father May I. <laughs> you know, and they're like, oh... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of like little jokes like that. But I was thinking too that was one of those jokes. As a kid, I, I would have gone right over my head. 
Yeah, well, I, I know that there was definitely a few that went right over my head uh, yeah. as a kid. The names of the Exorcism Council, I know that I missed as a kid. Yeah, the Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Cro- yep, Fathers Crosby, yeah. Father Stills. Yeah, I thought that was kind. Of, I thought that was funny too that they used, like I said, there was the council, and one of the women had the beard. <laughs> it's kind of, it's silly, man. But uh, you mentioned it earlier, but I absolutely loved that Fanny Ray had that. Uh, hanging pet closet. Yeah, man. She's like she she was talking about she she needed a change into something. She's like this outfit doesn't this doesn't. This not work. compliment. And it's she opens compliment. up her big walk in closet, and it's just like these little like lap dogs. Yeah, exactly. All hanging from hangers. I mean, yeah. It's it, it's funny because it's you know like I said she uses the dogs as an accessory, and you see that in real life. Not that it's funny, but it's a parody. That's the whole point. Is that they're parodying these people and. Uh, yeah, I mean, who who realistically has a, a closet full of pets hanging from, you know, hangers? Come on. And another one that stood out for, for me, because I grew up watching the show quite a bit, even though it was technically before my time, because, uh, I've as I've mentioned before, like, my hometown, we got, like, 20 channels. Most, like, half of those were, like, news channels, you know what I mean? Like, so there's Boring. not many channels that actually had, like, <laughs> entertainment on. One of them, uh, at first being Nickelodeon, and then later on when they got TV Land, we had both. Yeah. Nickelodeon, of course, early, early on became Nick at Night later on. Yeah, so you had some good I was a, I was always a night owl. Likewise. Watched a lot of Get Smart. There's yeah. an amazing Get Smart joke in here. I'd like to hear uh, it. It was fucking... A, oh, I, I lost it because I had completely forgot that it was even in here until I was watching the movie to take notes the other day. Okay. At a certain part, first off, Linda Blair is fantastic. She does a great job. She does a great job of just being uh, all over the place and, and switching up how she's acting just on a dime. Yeah, you know, she does give a really good performance. And you have to think, Which too, is this, this crazy erratic... <clears throat> yeah, I think when she's, she's playing the, the repossessed you know, version of herself... You kind of lose focus that it, that is Linda Blair. I agree. I agree. She does a really good job. Of yeah, it. like because outside of the makeup and all that stuff, she seems more wholesome throughout the movie, right? So you don't you don't want to maybe see her as the possessed version of herself, which is weird. But mm-hmm. yeah, she, that's what I'm saying. She plays a great role throughout the whole film. But <laughs> there's a certain part where she just goes on a complete non sequitur, and she's like. Next, I'd like to do my impersonation of comedian Don Adams. Where's the Chief 99? And immediately, Nelson Nielsen is, do not get smart with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I lost it. That's pretty like, good. Oh, my God. Yeah, get man. smart reference. You don't get that in movies being made now. No, and that's, you're right, man. That's kind of sad in a, in, a, in, a, in a sense because you're right, man. There's a certain time period where certain shows you kind of you kind of don't see anymore man linda blair had uh quite a few moments that i absolutely loved when she just like when she first brings the camera in on herself yeah and she's like she's now nice. i have a message for you all yes hello my name is barbara walters <laughs> <laughs> i always wanted to say that <laughs> yeah it's it's funny man she does a good job uh i think she really does a good job when like when she turns around initially when she gets possessed and kind of like she's scolding the kids well, it's parts of her performance that are the only thing that really borders on true horror movie. Yeah. Because there's a couple times where she does get a little bit... A little spooky. 
not necessarily spooky, but she she's more in like the crazy, not making jokes, but more just the straight on like being the devil portion yeah, yeah. for for more of an extended period of time than others. And if you were to just draw that out, this suddenly becomes a horror movie. Oh, absolutely, man. You know, and like I said, that's the whole point. I think too is is the fact that you can sprinkle in the you know the fact of what that movie was about. You know, being possessed. Use the same person, but make it you know comedy, but still keep it within that realm. You know, of, of a little bit of seriousness. Like you know, they're still portraying it as an, an exorcism, just like the film. Anyway, this is unfortunately another movie that it's impossible they to just even, go. They through even make a Joe Cocker joke. I wrote that. Oh, yeah, they make a fucking Joe Cocker joke that kills. It's so good. Like uh, what this, what that basically was, was like. Um, I think let's see, yeah, he. Uh, this is when Brophy, like he, when he meets Father May I, and he's telling her, you know, about Nancy's repossession. He's like, well, you know, he he's like describing like what happened. He's like, well, you know, like Joe Cocker has those kind of mannerisms. <laughs> yeah, um, I think is I it Joe like Cocker I, or PMS? <laughs> I feel like if you like Family Guy, you'd like this movie. Yeah, it does have a, like like I said a lot of jokes that just fire off because that's how he. he I feel like may, I, th- I feel like maybe some of the negative reviews were just because of when it came out. Like I can understand this that. type of comedy was sort of falling by the wayside. You know, and you got to think too about to the four uh, years before the video such. rental era too, man. Mm-hmm. You know, so you mix that in with you know, like I said, the fact that this is a kind of comedy that's like says not for everybody, but. Like I, said, I think it's a really good parody. It's a funny movie. It's a good Leslie Nielsen film. I mean, they just hammer you with some of them. Like, yeah. uh, there's one time where Brophy tries to call Leslie Nielsen, and he's meta-commentating on it that it was busy because of the party line. Yeah. Which, him being a priest, is already funny enough. <laughs> Making a party line joke at that time is kind of funny. Yeah, it, you know... It, but you, then, as he says party line, <laughs> a fucking party fucking noise fucking... Yeah, you know... You the, know. the What are they called? Those things that are synonymous with, like, fucking New Year's Eve, the little... <laughs> the noisemakers that do the little fucking thing that comes out, comes yeah. out of the fucking payphone into his ear. Yeah, I was thinking, too, I was like, how many times right now will you be able to see a payphone in a movie? A pack bell that's what it was. It's a Pac Bell payphone. I right. Remember that scene, yeah. So you get stuff like that. I mean, there's all kinds of really cool references. Man. And there's just tons of little thing in the background that I loved. Father May I's room in the old folks' home. Right. His room number outside isn't a room number. It's what the description of the room is in the script. <laughs> yeah, that's very funny. <laughs> that's very funny. When when the televangelists are trying to like work out their fucking movie deal, right. or not their movie deal, the the telethon deal, mm-hmm. if you take a look at the programming in the background, right. it's the exact programming. Just all the 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 show titles have new in quotation marks <laughs> in front of them. That's pretty funny. Yeah, like so this this movie. I'm glad we did it, man. Like, because there are there's a there's a they like I said they shoot off, but you'll catch like I said, out of four or five jokes, there's like one maybe two that'll really stick and give you some giggle moments. Yeah, it's it's really hard to. I mean, you can't just go through them all because yeah. we'd be here forever, and it's not as funny. I would just really recommend people to go watch this because I do think that this movie, it's cultish a little bit already. Yeah, I think it deserves a little bit more attention. I do too, man. I think. 
like I said, when when I think people think of maybe like parodies within horror movies, we can name quite a few. Like I said, I already mentioned like the scary movies, you know. Yeah, of course, scary I, movies. You know, I love those films. Um, we talked about other ones. I, I, I kind of don't want to mention one right off the top of my head, but like there's Dead and Breakfast. They kind of parody stuff like that. Right. Um, all kinds of movies that do well, that. Well, I think it's interesting. I was trying to think about this earlier when I was watching this, and it, it's kind of weird, the interesting relationship that, that horror and comedy kind of have because even as we've went through some of these other these other movies, these other horror movies, like some of them have some really actually really well done funny beats in them yeah and i can think of at least one comedy writer that's done a little bit of horror that i really dug Mm -hmm. and i'm wondering if there's there's some sort of relationship there uh because it kind of seems like both both genres rely a lot on on timing i think that and a little bit of the absurd you know what I mean? Because you can go absurd with comedy, and you can go absurd with horror, and you can kind of mix those in. Just because of the fact that you can play with those two subjects, like you know, how absurd can you get with comedy and horror, and how you how do you mix them in? And to go along with that, maybe both are some things where it's partially about pushing the boundaries, whether it's uh, actually content-wise or. Just by doing the unexpected. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, like it's spontaneous kind of kind of stuff. It, it just tends to be on a little bit different in the spectrum. A, a lot of the comedy timing seems to be a little bit more of like wit and on the nose sort yeah. of things. Obviously, there's long cons and you know long setup jokes and shit. Oh well, yeah, naturally. a lot more of what you think of as comedy timing is a lot more here and now, whereas the the horror timing seems to be a little bit more bringing you into it i I agree with that yeah it's and knowing (laughs) when to spring it all on you to where yep it has the best effect that's a good point man wow uh (laughs) yeah i was just thinking you know like like i said within like so within that realm i think this is a good movie like i said to get yourself familiarized maybe with maybe even like beginning roots of of some of the parody-ish style of horror films yeah come along because we talked about you know dracula dead and loving it also, when we point out that this is a parody movie, yeah, don't think that it's like today's parody movie. Oh no, definitely not. This man. is not not another teen movie no. or superhero movie or fucking nah. Meet the Spartans or no, 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 any no. of those. This is a much different style parody movie that yeah, they kind unfortunately of, yeah. almost seems to not like almost seems like only happened in that time period now which i can understand that yeah for sure by that time period there was like a 20 year time period where this style was happening but yeah there was a big gap between like i said that kind of style of parody of horror up until the next you know style of parodies that came out so if you don't like modern parody movies maybe try this one yeah give you a different take on it man because this one it's it's more i think it's more linear the way that they they story tell it too i mean it's Mm -hmm. That's why it doesn't take long to watch this film. There's not, you know, a whole lot of fluff to it. Yeah, I mean, no, there, there really isn't. This, if you just told the story, like we did. Yeah, I mean, you could tell this like this. You could tell this whole film in like really honestly, maybe twenty minutes. If maybe. you cut down to the bullshit, you know, just yeah. like, you know, you could like I said, I mean, you it's, could probably make a really good horror short if you just cut out all the jokes and left in only the seriousness. Yeah, I think so. Maybe not, but yeah, it'd be worth a try, man. What I what I took away from it is like this: I remember seeing this as a kid, right? And I remember laughing because 
it was funny to me. You know, like I said, I had, uh, you know, a different sense of humor, I guess, as a kid than most kids. You know, mm-hmm. seeing all these kind of films and horror movies. And even knowing some of the facts, like watching Evil Dead, knowing that there's some comedy in it, too, that takes away from some of those scary elements. So some kids, you know, like I said, maybe back then they might have thought this was somewhat of uh, a horror film just because the name of the exorcist is attached to it and there's somebody who's possessed by the devil. You hear that maybe as a kid and you're like, uh-uh, not going to watch that, <laughs> you know. But uh, I watch it now and I'm like, man, this is a good Leslie Nielsen film. I'm glad that Linda Blair was in it. You know... It's a good film, man. It's funny. Uh, I do want to stop. We didn't really... We said his name a lot, but we do want to point out Leslie Nielsen, I guess if you don't know. Yeah. We touched on it in the, the squeal, but I want to stop on him for just a second because this guy's fucking legend. Yes, he is. Long, Canadian. long yeah. career. Yeah, let's talk uh, about him for a moment. Amazing comedic actor, but before that was even a serious dramatic actor. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've heard... I've heard stories from interviews and stuff that apparently at first he had a hard time doing comedy because he thought comedy was always like being like on and shticky and and this and that. And he had to sort of be explained like, no, what we're having you do is you're just the, the comedy is that you think this is serious. Yeah. And if you go through it, that's most of his characters are kind a lot, of, these a lot of them. bumbling straight men. Yeah. Where they're doing these ridiculous things, but it's because the character honestly thinks that... Yeah, that this is a... Ser- yeah, yeah, precisely. Because throughout the whole film with Father May I, in this particular case, all the shticky stuff he was doing, like dressing up in that ridiculous gym outfit and the dog focusing on him. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like but that. But he was taking it 100% He was super seriously. serious about it, yeah. That's, that's what he's doing. Yeah. That's how you do this. That's Everything how you he was doing, he's like, regardless of the fact. And that kind of... That plays through... All of his Most characters. Most of all his really. characters that I'm familiar with, yeah. Pretty awesome. Seriously, I mean, if you want to go back through his career, yeah, like he's been in some... Early on, he was in some legendary sci-fi flicks. He was in Forbidden Planet. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Like, that's... If you're if you're in old sci-fi, you've probably watched Forbidden Planet. Yep. You might not have even realized that that was Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. I'm not sure if I did for years and years. Like, And that makes sense, man, because, you know, think about... It. How long he's been around, too. Look at him, though. Look yeah. at that strapping young man. Handsome young man. You, you go on from there. He was in uh, Poseidon Adventure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is, a, it's, that's a, like I said, another classic film. But then past that, he became just legendary for comedy. Mm-hmm. I agree. With one of the best comedies that's ever been written, Airplane. Yeah. Another 1970s film. You have the Naked Gun series. Yes. Did he... Hey, what was it, Frank? What was it, Frank uh, Drebbel or something like that? Drebbel? Drebin. Drebin, that was it. There it is. Yeah. I mean, and you get some memorable people, too. You got to think um, Priscilla Presley was in those films with them. Mm-hmm. O.J. Simpson was in the films with them. You have wow this one for parody. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, I, I know that he did a 2001 Space Odyssey one, but I've never seen it. It's called a Space Travesty. I don't think I've seen it either. Which Mel Brooks to. actually did Dracula Dead and Loving It. Yes, I, I remember watching. Which I've is seen part that, of yes. why that one is so fucking funny. Yeah, the movie's well, hilarious. We get Mel Brooks, man. Uh, and then, I awesome. mean, honestly, his his career went a little bit downhill. Yeah, like we don't want to talk too much about like Mr. Magoo. And... Yeah, I mean it's it's sloppy. 
But I mean, dude kept kept on making movies. There's there's one other one that I for some reason I I'm trying to think of that. But no, like I said, some of those films that you mentioned earlier are the ones that I'm more familiar with. You know, when I think of Leslie Nielsen, you know, outside the fact that we know oh, he's Canadian. Spy Hard. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Spy love Hard. Spy Hard. Spy spoof theme done by Weird Al. He plays Dick Steele, Agent WD forty. Richard Steele. Absolutely <laughs> astounding movie. Yeah, uh, go watch that. I love Leslie Nielsen. He's uh, awesome. All, dude. Most of those movies were coming out around the time I was growing up, or thanks yeah, to likewise. like how slow VHSs were to come out. Sometimes back in the day, it could take a minute to get to you. Sometimes, even though it came out a couple of years before. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't even run into it till a couple of years later. It happens, man. I mean, that's sometimes that's the way it is, even today. You know, because there's so many films you you can go through, man, catalog wise. But he was always there for me when I was growing up, basically. Yeah, I like. There's a lot of films I I can recall. If you if you bring up the name Leslie Nielsen, I'll I'll think there's several films. And so I just, just wanted to make sure that we didn't skip over him a little bit because yeah. I think we just said his name a couple times earlier. But no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, that's a this is a huge credit to him. When, when you think about this film, there's two people that came to mind. I mean, I forgot that Ned Beatty was in this film, to be honest. But um, That's true. I'd forgotten about that as well. I would, that was kind of yeah. a little bit astounding to me. I was like... Oh. There's a little side note. Uh, if people know who Richard Halpern is, he's, uh, he's like a comedic writer as well. But he plays uh, a part in this film as well. I think he might have been... He might have been the nerd, if I'm not mistaken. He, oh. gets, he gets credit, but yeah, he's a comedian now. Um, I, re- I recognized the name of the credits but I was like oh, what the fuck I was like hold on where was he and I think he might have been the nerd but yeah I mean he always gets shitted on <laughs> that's it. every scene he's on yeah, he questions fine. and he gets shitted on but yeah man like I said uh, we, we get some good actors in this film and and it's a, I'm glad we did it like I said it's a good little interlude after we went yeah like I said we, we went through some pretty heavy films especially leaving off with the last one we did man Martyrs I'm yeah. glad we did that one too and I think next yeah, we've got some ideas in mind. Next, we're well. I mean, let's sort of just let them in on what we're sort of thinking. Okay, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna bomb through some of this stuff that we just haven't touched on yet. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, like so, we're all about laying some you know some roots down, some foundations down, and I think we come up with a theme. And so for the next, I mean, it was originally going to be a month, but then we expanded our idea, so it might even run as much as two months at this point. I'm okay with that. But the next month, at least, month and a half, is going to be uh, Slasher Month. Yeah, we're going to have some slasher flicks lined up. And we're gonna we're gonna sort of go into that part of horror, that okay. aspect. Yeah, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna touch cover on some a pretty of the good legends. Spectrum. Yeah then maybe break it down a little bit after that. Honestly, there's enough slasher films that you could make, like, slasher year pretty easy. We're not going to do that. We're going to touch on, like, the legends. We're going to break it down a little bit. I like that. Then we're going to move on for now. And then, I mean, obviously, in the future, we do horror movies. Like, we have to touch on slashers again in the future, so we will after that. Yeah, I mean, we're we're, like I said, we're laying down some some foundations so we can jump back to them later and we can branch off. So I think next we're thinking Halloween, right? I think Halloween would be an appropriate one. Halloween's going to come early for us this year. Yeah, and that's okay because, you know, we have a long time where we can get a lot of good movies In some ways, I like to think every day is Halloween. Yeah, It makes me happier. Well, likewise, why can't it be? That's right. So next we're going to do Halloween. Yeah. After that, uh, we're going to continue with icons, but yeah. uh, we haven't completely decided yet. We have, so we'll, we have two we'll ideas in mind. We have two ideas in mind right afterward, but we haven't quite decided which ones yet. 
But Halloween's next. Yes. We hope that you join us We hope us you like Mike Myers. Uh, and not Shrek. No. <laughs> no, no. But we, no, I, I mean, Shrek. I like him too, but, but no, anyway. I like him too. <laughs> but no, we, like, so we get some, we get some, uh, some iconic figures coming up and, uh, in yeah, we're laying order, down some roots. In order to keep up with us doing that, the easiest way yeah. would probably be to uh, either follow us on SoundCloud or subscribe to us on iTunes. Yeah, we, we're on Because both. then you'll get the episodes when they drop. Yeah, like almost immediately, right? Yep. Uh, you can keep up with all of our new news on Facebook for sure. Yeah, we're definitely still on Facebook. that's the thing that we're the best at updating. Yeah, so if you're, if you know, if so you're search on for us on there, media, Facebook, yep. uh, like us. Yeah, please. we still have our website up. We will, yep, you can always check in at our website. Or uh, We're hoping to bring some new, we've talked about some cool things coming yeah, up. Yeah, we do. We're have hoping some to bring ideas. some sort of new content uh, yeah. very soon. We've got some good ideas in mind because uh, a couple. It looks like about three weeks out is about yeah. the earliest we can, thanks to uh, you know time constraints and stuff. But, right. Uh, and that's not our time constraints. No, no, that's understandable. But we will be getting more shit on there. Yeah, like I said, we're so going to be www.friedsquirms.com. Yeah, friedsquirms.com. Like I so said, we still we still reach us by our email, Twitter, yeah. uh, at friedsquirms. You can Twitter us. Yeah. Oh, like yeah, like you were just pointing out, email at us, uh, squirmcast at, at gmail. gmail. Yeah, we're still there. I think we named off all the ways to hit yeah, us. Yeah, right like I said, we're we're all over the spectrum, and we're we're still continuing to, uh, you know, try to get other platforms out there for We've us. Got ideas? We're doing shit. Yeah, like I said, you know, we're yeah. we, you gotta we gotta crawl before we start walking, baby. Yeah, we're we're crawling. Yeah, we're getting there. Sometimes crawling through shit, but whatever. That's okay, man. We're laying foundations, and I think we're we're on the right track. But yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, the very next series that we're we're gonna do. We got some really good I'm stuff. Looking lined forward up. to the soundtrack of this next movie. John Carpenter <laughs> does some amazing shit, son. Dude, yeah, I, you know why? Because it's still relevant today with some of the stuff that we're seeing. So we'll talk about that when we get to it, man. But I agree with you. I'm looking forward to all of this stuff. Yeah, I might I might download just the soundtrack and listen to it for like this next week. You can get pumped up doing a lot of stuff with that. So yeah, oh, yeah I'm down with it. Good idea. Uh, I guess, but for this 14th, right? Yeah, our 14th episode. 14th so. episode of Fried Squirms. I yeah. have been Tyler. I'm still Danny. Are you? I hope so. Cool. Uh, do your thing. Yeah, do your thing. Yeah, thanks for listening. And we look forward to pumping up more episodes soon. Yeah.